This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Good morning and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Big news! Earlier this week, Woodbine Entertainment's board of directors announced the unanimous appointment of sports and business phenom Michael Copeland as chief executive officer, effective October 1st of this year. Michael Copeland will take over the reins for longtime and very successful CEO Jim Lawson, who recently announced that he will be stepping down in the fall. Copeland brings to the position a wealth of experience across all aspects of professional sports, including president and CEO of the Toronto Argos, president and COO of the CFL itself, and a member of the leadership team at MLSE. Michael is currently president, commercial, for Woodbine Entertainment, where he leads the organization's commercial and brand development vision and initiatives. He's our guest on today's show. We are thrilled. Very happy to be joined today as well by Mark McKelvey. He is Woodbine's Senior Communications Manager. He has a potpourri of topics to speak about today, including that strange and sometimes dangerous weather the province has been dealing with, as well as a look at some of the racing tonight at Woodbine Mohawk Park, including some elimination heats for the finals of the North America Cup and the Fan Hanover Stakes next Saturday. Mark will also talk about a new betting initiative recently launched by Woodbine Entertainment. Get ready. Here comes Mark. And new kid on the ponies block, Woodbine jockey agent Mike Luter will be sitting down with us. This will be Mike's first time on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, though he's been well represented in past shows by the two jockeys he represents, Emma Jane Wilson and recent guest Ryan Munger. We will meet Mike in a moment, get to know him, learn all about what he does as a jockey agent and how and why he's become such an important part of the thoroughbred industry. And finally, he's back. My marvelous co-host, Larry Simpson, will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and some other North American tracks racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show. Please get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, Larry Simpson joins us with our new feature called In Case You Missed It, Ponies 24-7's recap of the week that was in horse racing news. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks, and government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. 
Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer, and let me introduce you to my co-host, Larry Simpson, and our, in case you missed it, a look at the week that was in horse racing news. But in this case, we're looking ahead to tonight. Yeah, 7.02 tonight is post time for the Belmont uh, Stakes at Belmont Park. Uh, It's a small field, you could say, of nine horses. It's competitive, and... uh, I think it's going to be quite interesting. You know, I look at the who's in the race, at Tappet Trice, uh, National Treasure, Forte, some pretty solid horses in this race. National Treasure actually was a Preakness winner, and Forte was the favorite for the Kentucky Derby before he was scratched, and he was the winter book favorite as well. I think it's, it's a competitive field. It, nobody stands out. You know, so I, I think, uh, as I say, it's 7.02 tonight. You're, you're going to have an idea who's your winner of the uh, Belmont. And the other part of what is exciting about today and the Belmont Stakes is the 50th anniversary of Secretariat winning the Belmont Stakes. Yeah, 50 years ago, there was a horse that stuck out. It was, yeah, <laughs> stood I'll out, say. You know? <laughs> no, like, uh, it is, it, it's exciting. It's uh, the 50th anniversary. You know, we had uh, Curtis Stock on a, couple, a few weeks ago regarding the book on the Turcots, and he spoke about the Triple Crown. Yeah, it's been 50 years. It's hard to believe. And I remember seeing uh, Secretariat win the Canadian International at Woodbine, which was his last uh, race of his career. And uh, that was 50 years ago. So and it's almost like it was yesterday. It feels like it was, so yeah. So memorable. In certain cases, it does. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> in which case, that's in case you missed it on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We are pleased to be joined today by friend of the show, Michael Copeland, who was recently appointed unanimously CEO of Woodbine Entertainment by the Woodbine Board and will assume the position on October the 1st after Jim Lawson officially steps down. Michael, welcome back to the show and hearty congratulations from all of us here at Ponies 24-7. Thank you. It's, uh, uh, I'm, I'm quite excited uh, about the role and to be continuing on to help drive Woodbine forward. And, and I will say I'm really excited to be on the show because you uh, and Larry have been such supporters of Ontario Racing for so long that uh, we all really appreciate your efforts and uh, always happy to, uh, to talk to you about racing in Ontario. Well, thanks for that, Michael. <laughs> you can come on anytime. <laughs> Let's talk about you, though. You were president commercial for Woodbine since 2021. Obviously, I guess this role helped to familiarize yourself with uh, the Woodbine company, correct? Yeah, it did. And, and uh, I had a chance to uh, get involved in a lot of the major initiatives, if not all of the major initiatives that the organization was involved in. We've got a really strong team, so... Uh, many of those were a team effort, but uh, I had exposure to them and led many of them. 
So uh, this is a, a natural evolution, and, and part of that was on the racing side as well. So for the last year, I have been the executive that's been leading our racing operations. We've got quite capable leads in Tim Lawson on the thoroughbred side and Bill McClinchy on the standard bred side that, that managed the day-to-day. Um, but it did give me a chance to get on the ground on the racing side, so I'm happy to have that under my belt as well. You know, it's interesting, Michael. You come with a wealth of experience across all aspects of professional sports. We hearken back to the Toronto Argos days. Also, you were president and COO of the CFL itself, a member of the leadership team at MLSE. How does that experience help you going forward with this soon-to-be-new position? I think all of those organizations, um, you know, represent a similar thing, which is uh, they they represent a sport or sports, and, and particularly in the CFL's case, that um, means a lot to uh, Canadians and and has for decades, um, and also faces the challenge of reinventing itself for a new generation. Um, so maintaining and and protecting uh, what uh, is at its core, but also not. Uh, uh, limiting our efforts to to reimagine and reinvent and and be positioned for the future. So, working in those organizations really helped me to understand not only the um, the need to do that, but also the opportunity that comes with doing that and the, the success you can have um, by allowing yourself the freedom to uh, to think about where things can go and how you get there. And I think applying that to to Woodbine and to racing in Ontario, this is a perfect time with uh, the, the, we're on a very solid foundation. Um, and because of that, it, it gives us the flexibility to think about, you know, what areas do we want to, uh, to drive forward? What areas, new areas do we want to um, expand into uh, to allow ourselves to get even stronger going forward? So uh, there's a lot of similarities that are woven through them. And, uh, and I think it's going to help me in this new role. So it's very similar, really, sports and horse racing, where you're at now, right? That uh, you've got to kind of reinvent horse racing to attract new fans and attract new betters, attract owners, correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and, and uh, you know, there are, there are a lot of similarities in that, um, you know, it's, there, there's so many things that are so uh, important uh, about racing and the reasons why it's been, you know, a premier sport um, for, you know, decades of centuries in the case of racing. Um, but it's also understanding that the world changes and, and the way people engage with sports uh, changes. And, and we have to make sure that we uh, adapt and evolve, maintain what makes us great, but also evolve. But it, that, that is consistent across sports. Some have the challenge in a little bit of a more pronounced way than others. And I'd say that um, CFL definitely faced that. Um, and uh, I think racing faces that. So our, you know, we've got a really, really strong base, but we need to understand how do we fit with the new uh, customers going forward. And, and you know, the introduction of single event sports wagering in Ontario and, and our plans to be integrated into that is going to challenge us to engage with the new fans in new ways. So um, as long as we have the courage to do that, uh, I think there's really, really good things ahead. 
just from the commercial side of things, and your current job is the organization's commercial and brand development. Uh, you are the leader in that, the president. One of the things or two of the things that you try to do, you create a vision and you also create initiatives. I've noticed just as a television viewer and a radio listener, you've rolled out these incredibly enthusiastic, almost folksy TV commercials and radio commercials to try to, I guess, attract a new fan base? is Was that the, the reason for that sort of new look, new Woodbine commercials that we're hearing and seeing? It's understanding that customers, um, you know, come in, in all different types and, and have different needs and that the ways that you communicate to them and to draw them in and keep them uh, will be different. And I think in those, uh, with those commercials, it's understanding that what we provide to our you know, what we call our, our core customers or our core wagers um, is going to be different than what we, uh, you know, uh, speak to uh, uh, casuals or, or new customers that are coming into the fold. So I think that was intended to say what they're really interested in is uh, a lot of fun, a lot of excitement, social uh, experience. And so we're really playing up those elements um, to showcase it and, and then deliver on it when they engage with us either at the track or uh, upcoming in our online channels. And that's going to be a different communication than what we'd share with our, our core wagerers, which is you know, about uh, richness of information um, and uh, trust and integrity in the product uh, and, and a variety of racing opportunities. So um, we just pick our channels and we make sure that we really hit the mark in the things that are most important. My observation uh, as someone who is aware of what's going on and loves to hear commercials and see them, but it seems to be that they are delivered with, if you will, unbridled enthusiasm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's that's the one, uh, that's one of the main things that uh, racing, both on the standard bread and thoroughbred side, uh, delivers, which is an incredibly exciting experience. And um, whether you're down on the rail watching them come down the stretch or whether you're up in a, a lounge or in the stands or even watching on television, the one thing that's quite consistent for every race is is people are excited. Um, and it's something that is engaging and it's something it's a shared experience with others around you. And I think bringing that forward and really emphasizing that um, is something that's really important to us and I think is really going to help bring even more people into the fold for us going forward. You touched earlier, Michael, on sports betting and integrating it with the uh, uh, horse racing product and that, especially with HPI Bet. I'm sure our listeners are are waiting to hear, when is that going to happen, do you think? Yeah, well, we've been working on that for well over a year. I would say we're very, very close. Um, And and it's been uh, quite a heavy lift in terms of the work that needed to go in and to not only develop the uh, the technology to support this, uh, and this being uh, horse racing being offered through the sports betting uh, sites, um, we to to integrate horse racing it requires their systems essentially to to talk to ours um, because all of the racing will continue to be uh, administered uh, by Woodbine. Uh, because we are the only ones permitted to do so under Ontario law. So all of the back-end system will continue to be ours, but simply the races will be offered through the sports betting sites. So there was a lot that went into that. Um, And, uh, you know, this is a new area for uh, Ontario and the regulators involved. So they've been uh, doing their due diligence to make sure that it's going to operate 
safely, um, fairly, uh, and in consistent with uh, with the regulations. Um, and we're really coming out of uh, the end of that process. And my hope is that we'll have racing offered on the online sports books uh, before the end of the summer, and hopefully by our Kings Plate on August 20th. You obviously want to get it set up before the Kings Plate because of all these sports betting companies and all that additional advertising that they can provide for the Kings Plate and for horse racing and for woodbine, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And just just to give our customers an opportunity uh, to participate, um, making it available to them through uh, this, these new channels, uh, is, is incredibly important. And, and yeah, it's a good, it's a good launch. It's, it's something that we're going to get a lot of attention for, um, uh, or attention from. And, uh, so that's certainly, uh, uh, a date that's, uh, circled several times, uh, in our calendar and we're, we're cautiously optimistic that we'll hit it. <laughs> and have you run into roadblocks and challenges trying to get to this point? Yes, several. Um, but, but, the good thing is, is we've been able to resolve all of them, and we've done that in in close collaboration with our uh, online sports betting partners uh, and with the regulators. So, you know, everybody understands that this is something that um, that benefits all uh, parties involved. It benefits Woodbine because we have an opportunity to bring our, our races to uh, new uh, groups of people in new exciting ways. Uh, it benefits the sports book operators because uh, their customers are uh, desperate to have horse racing available to them. Um, many of them, uh, when they were operating, um, it, you know, in the environment when, when it was not legal, in Ontario, uh, they had racing available to them, and when the sports betting operators uh, became licensed in Ontario, they dropped uh, anything that would be offside the regulation. So th- their customers have been without racing uh, since this was legalized in Ontario. So they're clamoring for it. The uh, in the province, um, you know, is is going to uh, reap in more tax revenues uh, and you know more opportunities to make this. Uh, foray into single-end sports waging that much more successful. So everybody benefits. I think everybody's understood that from the start, but uh, they want to do it the right way, which which we support. Um, and I think we're there, and I think it's going to be a very successful launch for everybody when uh, when we get it going. And you touched earlier about one of the um, uh, major importances is to get more owners into the business, which is something that we've been trying to do for, for years in both the standardbred and the thoroughbred side. Now, We've talked in the past about fractional ownership, which is huge in the States through companies like MyRacehorse.com and that. Uh, but there is a bit of a, a stranglehold here that we can't get fractional ownership in Canada. Could you maybe kind of explain what that stranglehold is and where we are in the process? Yeah, so fractional ownership is is a, a huge opportunity and it's been very successful in the United States um, uh, through My Racehorse and other uh, operations like it, um, and, and including the uh, the ownership of Canadian bred horses. So, um, and, and as everybody uh, I believe is, is aware, it's it's you know allowing people to to purchase uh, a small part of an interest in a horse. So uh, you know it can be an affordable amount. Um, uh, operating owning a horse is very expensive. 
So if you're, uh, you know, a sole owner within a very small group of people, it can be prohibitive to many. But if there's fractional ownership and you have a small um, interest, you can really, uh, you actually are an owner and can share in the, not only the excitement of owning, but potentially the upside that the horse does really well. So the, the, the challenge that uh, for us in Ontario is that it's very similar to owning uh, a stock uh, or a share in a company. So you, you buy a share of something and then you can trade that share or you can, that share can rise and fall in value. So because of that, this is something that's going to be regulated by the securities regulators in Ontario. And that is a very, very um, intricate and involved uh, system. So the securities regulators have been looking at this uh, very, very closely. We, we understand that the, um, uh, the process has been going well. It's our hope, again, cautiously optimistic that at some point this will be approved. I don't have a date on this yet, but certainly we're incredibly supportive because um, it's such a great opportunity for people to uh, get involved in racing. And, and the more people that can uh, purchase interests in horses, the more horses will be bred, which is going to support everyone in the industry. So um, this is something we're, we're keenly uh, watching and, and supporting wherever we can. And, you know, you think of a success story like Mage, for instance, lots and lots of owners, fractional ownership in that case, in that horse's case. Yeah, I mean, when you see, you know, uh, uh, 20, 30, 50, 100 people descending on, you know, a major stakes race to to uh, credibly participate in the the uh, uh, success of the horse or the excitement of, of the horse is something to see. I mean, it's, uh, uh, you can imagine having it's it's you know it's not unlike supporters of you know traditional sports teams where they come together in groups and 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 share the experience so it's uh you know it it, it does get people in the game and and sports ownership as a as a you know a special um place um and then a, a special kind of set of uh feeling of excitement um and and so there's just so much to like about it and, and once this uh, is available, I think we can uh, turn our minds to um, bringing to people's attention, but really showcasing just the great benefits that people can have uh, from being part of racing and that, that way going forward. Well, before we let you go, I just want to ask you one last question. Uh, are there any similarities in promoting horse racing and football, do you think? I, th- I think there, I mean, at, at the end of the day, yes, there are. Uh, I think there's similarities really in promoting almost anything. Um, you know, when you, when you look back at anything that, that somebody is going to consume, uh, whether it's a product or a service, um, you know, you're really trying to understand what, what is it about that, um, that, that causes that person to choose uh, that, that product or service. And it could be a sensory experience. It could be a taste or a feeling. Uh, it could be an emotional experience. Um, and, and I think it's just sort of being very pure about stepping back and saying, you know, what is it about racing? And it's, it's an attachment to history. It's, uh, it's, it's a feeling, generating a feeling of excitement uh, in the wagering context. It's an opportunity for, for financial gain or um, a feeling of accomplishment and success. And that's, you know, very similar to... Uh, what you see when you support sports teams, you know, you can, you rise and fall with the success of your team. 
um, in many ways, and you you feel that you know their accomplishments are yours. You identify yourself with the community and the culture uh, that's involved in the sport, and so all of those things are very very similar. And I think there's ways that you can take little lessons learned from football and apply it to um, racing, and and the other way around, and, and saying also what are these things that made this as popular as it has been for. Uh, decades, um, and how do we make that relevant to um, today's customer? And uh, it's, a, it's a similar challenge and a similar opportunity across all sports. Michael, we can feel your passion for the horse racing industry. You will be taking the reins as CEO of Woodbine Entertainment on October the 1st. We wish you all the best and look forward to speaking with you again. Congratulations, Michael Copeland. Well, thank you both uh, again, and I look forward to it. When we come back, Woodbine Senior Communications Manager Mark McKelvey joins us today on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to their Pineview dealership to view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today, as the Hyundai Advantage sales event is on now. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standardbred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds. One vision. This is 1059 The Region. Ponies 24 7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine friend of the show. Woodbine Senior Communications Manager Mark McKelvey joins us. And as both Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park are nearing the heart of their racing seasons, Mark is one busy guy. Welcome back to the show. Glad that you took some time to be with us today, Mark. No problem at all. Thanks for the invitation, Ann and Larry. Uh, always great catching up. Well, let's talk about the last uh, couple of days. Like how, how crazy was the, uh, the weather on Thursday? Like, have, have you ever seen anything like that where racing got canceled basically all across North America or most parts of North America because of the weather? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other than, you know, a few years ago now removed from, from when the pandemic first hit, um, yeah, never really seen anything like that. And, 
uh, caught me a little off guard. You know, we you you hear on the news about the wildfires and then you know kind of the the air and how it spreads and everything, but um, I think it's safe to say I know for myself on Wednesday morning. Um, I was out near Mohawk and I could, uh, certainly smell like I was in the middle of a campfire. So, mm. uh, it was something that none of us had really experienced. And, and obviously that got uh, people moving pretty quickly. And, uh, the decision was made to cancel racing at both facilities on Thursday. And, you know, it was made when you look at it, it was about 24 hours in advance for the thoroughbred card and, you know, maybe 27 hours in advance for the standard red card. Yeah, that's probably at least on the standard bread side, I know that's probably lower than we normally do, but I think it uh, just shows uh, people were pretty supportive of our decision because right away the feedback I got from the horse people is that's the right call. So uh, you got to err on the side of caution and making sure everybody can be healthy and be safe out there. And uh, hopefully we don't have to deal with this again, but um, you know, at least now we're all aware the, the AGCO put out some uh, air index numbers that you have to watch for and um, it just kind of brought something to light that we hadn't really experienced before, but luckily it uh, looks like everything's going to be all right. We're, we're back racing. And we are back racing for sure today. So let's talk about Woodbine Mohawk, for instance, tonight. Let's uh, discuss what's going to be happening and what we can look forward to. Yeah, tonight we have the Pepsi North America Cup eliminations and uh, along with some other stake races that are all going to set up the fields for next Saturday's uh, big night on June 17th, the Pepsi North America Cup. Uh, it's going to be a, a fun event, and I'm sure we'll touch on that in a second. But just looking at tonight with the eliminations, uh, this was uh, the highest number of entries we've received for the Pepsi North America Cup since 2009. Wow. We had 33 horses entered, which uh, is a little unprecedented these days. That means we're going to have four elimination races, which makes for just some fantastic racing tonight. Uh, from those four eliminations, only the top two finishers from each race will move on to the finals. Um, so they're going to have to do some real racing to try and punch your ticket to the $1 million race. Uh, to complete the field, there'll be a draw after the elimination where the four third-place finishers will be in a draw. Uh, two will be selected at random, and they will complete the field of 10 for next Saturday. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's something we haven't seen in, in over a decade, and I know it's got racing fans pretty excited. Um, elimination races are always a, a hot-button issue, I think, with, with the horse players, just on the fact that you know, you're wondering, is there is there much incentive for the horse and, and the driver and the trainer to go out there and want to win? Uh, do you want to maybe preserve a little energy for, for the final the week after? But in this case, if you've got to be top two, uh, you got to really do some racing tonight. Why do you think there was uh, such an interest with 33 entries uh, this year? Because uh, it hasn't been like that for a few, maybe because of the pandemic for one, but what do you think the the, the, the reason is? I really think a lot of it's got to do with just people thinking that it's a, a wide open group this year. Mm. Uh, the North America cup uh, is the first major event for three-year-old pacers uh, in North America each year on the stakes calendar. So you haven't really had those opportunities yet for everybody to sort of see who's the cream of the crop. We have an idea. There's obviously some horses that perform very well at two or are already off to really good starts this year, but I think because it's that first big event, people are willing to take a shot. They, they want to be in it and see how their horse stacks up uh, as well. And, you know, I don't think this should be considered a knock on Canadian racing. But last year, the two-year-old pacing cold of the year in Canada and the U.S. was a locally trained horse named Stockade Sealster, hmm. who races for Dr. Ian Moore. So that horse raced exclusively at Mohawk last season. And this year, from the 33 horses that are entered for the North America Cup, it does include Stockade Sealster, but there's a ton of American horses coming up. So I do wonder if maybe some, uh, because they didn't have to face them last year, or 
they're wondering, you know, I stack up okay with the horses uh, south of the border. They're, they're willing to come take a shot. Meanwhile, you know, the local representation is actually a little bit uh, light this year. So I think that just shows that everybody up here is quite aware of uh, just how talented the, the top ones here are locally. And how important is it that we see a great deal of American representation? I think it's very important. Um, you know, this race, the, the North America Cup, uh, originally when it was started, was meant to be kind of that clash between the, the Canada and U.S., the top three-year-old pacing colts, where um, there was only a couple races a year where they would get together. That's obviously changed over time, and the best horses seem to, to travel all year long on a long uh, uh, stakes calendar that drags out all the way almost to December. So it, but it's still at the same time for us here at Woodbine. Uh, it's great that you know our races are supported so well by uh, the Americans as well because I think um, it could be easy for us to think that maybe we're on our own little island compared to just how large the racing scene is in the U.S. But it just shows that you know, especially with the the standard bred uh, stakes program that we have at Mohawk Mohawk Park, it's probably the most lucrative in all of North America. So uh, it doesn't go unnoticed, and and they want to be up here. They want to compete in our events, and uh, obviously from the horses to, to the fans, to the horse players, it attracts a really good crowd. So you've got the eliminations tonight at, at Mohawk, and next Saturday is the uh, the big kahuna, right? <laughs> that, that's that's the, the special night. Talk about, uh, you know, what's happening next, uh, next Saturday. It's the uh, final for the North America Cup, but what else is going on? There's a ton going on. <laughs> I hope we have enough time here. I'll try and rattle through it pretty quickly, but, uh, of course, you know, we just start on the track, you have the North America Cup, so the $1 million final there. There's several other uh, rich uh, stakes events on the card. The Fan Hanover, the Good Times, the Armbrough Flight, the Roses Are Red, and the Mohawk Gold Cup. And if um, you're new to the standard breads, uh, let me just tell you that those races right there are considered, um, I guess if we were talking thoroughbreds, those would be grade ones, right? So it's a big-time card. Uh, you know, over a few million dollars. I think it'll be when it's all said and done. I think we'll probably be over three million dollars in total purses for wow. the night. But for for those coming to Mohawk Park next Saturday night, uh, the action's not just on the track, off the track as well. We've got a ton going on. There will be lots of uh, food and beverage offerings. There'll be a special beer garden set up as well as some food trucks, uh, barbecues going. And we're going to have some live music. Uh, we'll be announcing some some details about some special guests that will be performing. They're going to be setting up a big stage uh, down at the east end of the, the trackside apron, so towards the head of the stretch. Uh, there'll be live music going throughout the night. Uh, some giveaways, I, I believe. I don't have the exact number off the top of my head here, but uh, if you show up in good time, we're going to be giving away, uh, actually, special commemorative uh, North America Cup cowboy hats. That's the giveaway this year, <laughs> so, something a little different, uh, as well as there'll be a lot of prizes and giveaways on the go. So it's a ton of fun. Uh, it's the one event of the year where, where we do uh, charge admission. It's $10, but uh, as a special promo this year, we're celebrating the 40th anniversary of the North America Cup, as well as the 60th anniversary of racing at Mohawk. Uh, this year, when you pay your $10 general admission, you're also going to get a $10 betting card. So uh, you're getting some, uh, basically it's like checking into the game. When mm. you come in through the door, you've got some money to play with and hopefully uh, everybody will have some luck and, and cash lots of tickets. And it is also worth noting that it's free for admission for those under the age of 18. So you're putting a lot of energy and there's a great deal of enthusiasm surrounding Woodbine Mohawk Park. Will it pay off, Mark? Oh, I certainly I certainly hope so. and I, And I do believe so as well. A couple uh, weeks ago now, I guess it's probably about a month ago now, we had a special fireworks night um, that tied into the Victoria Day long weekend. It was one of the best crowds we've had hmm. since uh, 
coming out of the pandemic, you know, even with some of our marquee racing events, um, this one rivaled it. I, you know, we had several thousand people in attendance, um, and uh, that's a big event, I think, just for the community, um, to get them out to the track and, and to kind of expose people to racing that maybe otherwise, uh, wouldn't normally come our way. So once you kind of get them in the door, you got to hook them. And the fact that we have a big event, uh, three, four weeks later after that one, I think it's a good uh, opportunity to bring those people back and, and to have fun, you know, a night at the races, there's nothing better than it. And um, I think we're seeing our, our numbers continue to climb uh, as we knew it would take a little bit coming out of the pandemic. Well, let's uh, switch uh, breeds now. Let's, uh, let's go to the Woodbine thoroughbreds and obviously all eyes are on the King's plate, right? On August 20th. And we're starting to see some of the possible plate contenders come to the forefront. And I'll mention uh, Chad Brown's uh, Colt Kalik looked very impressive winning the grade two uh, race at Belmont last week, right? Yeah, I certainly did. And, and the fact that Chad went uh, on record right away and, and noted that the mm-hmm. King's plate is, is on the radar, um, that drew plenty of interest. You know, we've been talking a bit about the the idea of, um, you know, how much interest Woodbine Racing is able to drum up in the United States. Well, uh, right away, I can tell you my inbox got a few messages <laughs> from uh, some of my media friends in the United States when, when they saw that uh, Chad was probably going to be sending one this way. So that'll draw some interest. There's no doubt about it. We have the Queenston Stakes this weekend, which is, uh, you know, traditionally uh, always a good stepping stone on, on the way to the plate. So it's certainly heating up right now and, and it's exciting. Um, you know, obviously it's been a few years now since we have shifted the date of the plate to, to later in the season. It's coming up uh, towards the end of August this year and there's something about that. I just like the buildup. I like the idea that you can really have a, a true, legit uh, plate trail that you can track. And uh, in the next week or so, we're going to release some of our own uh, power rankings for the plate contenders. Uh, I've been uh, kind of going around uh, asking a, a few different individuals, some of our experts uh, around Woodbine and, and some that track racing down in the U.S. as well to, to chime in and provide their rankings. That's always just a good, uh, fun conversation starter as well. So the fact that we'll have a couple months of being able to track those plate contenders closely and, and build up some uh, excitement for the race, uh, it'll be really good. You know, it's only, what, June the 10th, Saturday, June the 10th, and the plate is on August the 20th. Any word yet from Buckingham Palace? I know that the request and the, and the invitation has been sent to uh, King Charles and Queen Camilla to attend the King's Plate, the, the, the first in many, 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 many years uh, that there's a King's Plate. Any chance that they or he might say yes? I guess you can say uh, never say never, right? Uh, I guess we'll try to stay optimistic here and, and hope so. I, I'm almost certain, though, there will be some sort of, uh, you know, every year, of course, they have a representative at the race, but as well with it being the return to the King's Plate, we're, mm-hmm. we're obviously heavily pushing to, to have that connection and to, to really be able to, to honor the, uh, the history and tradition of the race. So, uh, you know, Fingers crossed there'll be some sort of involvement there. Maybe a visit. You, you do never know. But, uh, you know, I, I will say it, it's pretty unique and, and pretty cool when you're uh, you, you're working on stuff here in, in Toronto and all of a sudden, um, you know, it's going back to Buckingham Palace yeah. and some of the stuff that you're sending, right? Like, I never would have thought that. So uh, it's pretty unique and uh, it's just so much fun. I think the idea that we're able to continue uh, uh, keeping this tradition going, and certainly it's alive and well. Wouldn't that be great? In your inbox, ping, Buckingham Palace. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is pretty cool, I will say that. Yeah. Well, staying on the international topic, this is a perfect segue. Uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, you launched the uh, the international bet, the Swinger Omni. Uh, talk about how this bet works and uh, 
Why was it something that Woodbine added to their bedding menu? Yeah, the for those that are um, maybe haven't heard just yet uh, exactly how that wager works, uh, in some parts of the world it's called the Omni, it's also called the Swinger. Uh, we're kind of promoting it as both right now just because we're in a bit of a transition phase of trying to introduce um, horse players to this bet if they're not necessarily familiar. And what it is is simply you have to select two of the top three finishers in a race. Uh, it doesn't matter how you get there, just get two of the top three. So first and second pays out, first and third pays out, mm. and second and third pays out as well. Uh, it has a $1 minimum. Uh, it's making uh, you know, it's making some grounds, I guess you could say, over the last uh, week and a bit since it was introduced. Uh, it'll take a little bit of time for people to get familiar with it, but it's a very popular bet, as you mentioned, uh, internationally. And that's the one thing about our, our brand at Woodbine is you know, we're always constantly trying to grow it. Um, there's always a lot of work being done to try and get us into new markets. So when you have wagers that maybe... Uh, people around the world uh, are more familiar with. Uh, it probably doesn't hurt. It might take a little bit of time here for it to grow. But that being said, uh, it's worth a shot, right? It's mm-hmm. not going to hurt um, anything. And I think uh, our team here is just trying to get creative and find new ways. And I, it's a great bet, though, I will say, for somebody that's never been to the track, for the beginner or for the new person to the track. Because, I mean, we can all attest to it how many times we've been uh, so close but come up short uh, on connecting on a, on a winning ticket when you have a horse finish third or just miss outside of where you needed it to finish. So the idea that you can try and have a bet here where you can just get two of the top three and you still get a bit of a payout. Yeah, the payouts aren't necessarily going to be that large unless you get some big prices in there, but, but that's racing, right? So uh, it's a new bet. It's taken a little bit of time. It'll take some time for it to grow. We've actually seen some bigger pools on the standard red side, which is a little surprising to me because I think it's uh, more commonly known internationally to be offered on the thoroughbreds. So I think it's safe to say some people on that side have uh, taken an interest to at least giving it a try. And yeah, we'll see where it goes. Hmm. Mark McKelvey, Woodbine Racing is in full swing, standard red and thoroughbred. Very exciting. Thank you, Mark, for being our guide, Woodbine's cheerleader. Thanks for joining us on the show. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks for having me. When we come back, jockey agent Mike Luter joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live harness racing continues at the Meadowlands every Friday and Saturday evening with a post time of 6.20 p.m. The Meadowlands Championship Meet is highlighted by the Meadowlands Pace on July 15th. And on Saturday, August 5th, it's the famed $1 million Hamiltonian, headlining an exceptional day of stakes events with a special post time of 12 noon. Watch and wager on all of the big games exciting harness racing through your HPI Bet account and Dark Horse app and be part of the Meadowlands Racing Experience. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. 
Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Woodbine jockey agent Mike Luter joins us. Mike, like many in the thoroughbred business, spends much of his time in the background. In Mike's case, it's booking mounts for his two riders, Emma Jane Wilson and Ryan Munger. Welcome to the show for the first time, Mike. It's great to have you with us. Well, thank you very much, Anne. It's a pleasure to be there. Now, when I, I spoke to you the other day about uh, coming on the show, I said we've had a lot of new people come come in on and watch, listen to the show and that, and they probably aren't aware what you actually do as a jockey's agent. Could you kind of, uh, you know, give them the, uh, the Coles notes of what's a jockey agent and what do you do uh, and how do you book mounts and that, that the whole thing? Yeah, Larry, you know what? You could go a lifetime, you know, meeting people and may never, you may never meet a jockey agent. I think there's only under 20 of us at Woodbine Racetrack that are working. So, you know, it's uh, it's not often you meet one of us. And our major responsibility is just finding live horses for our jockeys to to ride. So we do all the negotiating with owners and trainers. And, uh, you know, we'd be involved in, in booking all their morning workouts and we'd take care of all the entries uh, when they're being drawn, we'd represent the jockeys. So, Mike, tell me how you actually represent and present, if you will. So you're negotiating. What do you say? What do you do? How in-depth do you go when it comes to your jockey? Typically, we'd have a large group of clientele that we ride for quite constantly. So when we have something called the condition book, which lists all the races coming up over the next three weeks. So we'd go check with what we'd call our people on where they're going to run which horses and what races. And then after that point in time, we'd start to look to, you know, go mining for additional amounts. You know, you'd go to a trainer and say, hey, I saw that horse run last week. My jock would really like to ride that horse. So we're always trying to get the best possible horses for our jockeys. People are probably not aware, Mike, that you're almost up at uh, sunrise, aren't you? You're at the workouts and you're wandering the backstretch and that to try to get these mounts, correct? You know, a typical day I would leave, you know, home at anywhere between quarter after five and quarter to six. And a good thing about walking around the backstretch too, Larry, is every once in a while you'll be walking down the road, a horse will catch your eye for whatever reason, and then you'll follow it and, you know, do a little investigating, and that just might be a prime mount. You know, it could end up with a real special horse just by being observational. So and watching workouts is important too. You get a good line on the horses you're riding. And again, you could watch, you know, maybe a group of babies working from the gate and you spot one that's faster than the rest. Well, your first move is to go to that barn and ask because that that horse been spoken for with a jock and volunteer your services. It's interesting. You're very knowledgeable about horse racing. Did that come through being a jockey agent or were you knowledgeable before you got into this end of the industry? This is probably the back end of my career. <laughs> uh, actually, I started uh, pretty young. I bought my first racehorse when I was 13 years old and I was a broodmare and I raised, I was a breeder and an owner and then I became a trainer in 1977. So I did that until about 2000. So, yeah, this is my sort of third stint in horse racing at a different occupation. So what was it that attracted you to become a jockey's agent? Because you were a pretty successful trainer, right? And and what was it that made you yeah. want to get into to being an agent? You know what? It, it was sort of precipitated. I had a loss of two clients. Unfortunately, they both mm. passed away at the same time. And I, my stable went from about 15 horses down to two. And it was, it was more a case of economics that, you know, it was time to do something for a living that, you know, I could still stay at the track and still make a reasonable living. Emma Jane Wilson and Ryan Munger, who was on the show recently, by the way, great jockeys. How did that yeah. 
relationship come about? Who approached whom when it came to your work with them? Uh, I'll start with Emma because I've been with her the, lo- the longest time. A trainer said to me, I, I have this girl galloping horses for me and she's going to ride and I think you should keep an eye on her. And I actually, she was at Payson Park with Roger Atfield galloping horses. And the funniest thing in the world is the, the one thing that sold me is Emma talked to me for a minute and then she walked away and there was, she just had this charisma, almost walked away like John Wayne in a Western movie, you know. And so I felt there was some sort of power there. And if we just went forward from there, and then we started working together, and we probably worked together for close to two years before she rode. So she had a great, you know, interest in becoming a good rider. So we found many different training things to get her there. And uh, But, you know, it was, it was her. She was a student of the game from day one. Like, she was just so interested in being good. Ryan actually was riding in Singapore, and he was thinking of coming to Canada, so he asked around. And somebody had an acquaintance who in Canada, and it happened to be a friend of mine. And uh, so we connected through two parties there. And the first time I talked to Ryan, I thought, well, you know, Jesus, this is a pretty good guy. You know what? If I can represent him, I'd be proud to do so. When we had Ryan on a couple of weeks ago, after he was on the show on that Saturday, he went out there and rode three winners. So I'm going to say that, <laughs> you know, maybe your jockeys are going to have a good day today because you're on the show, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? If the, if that's how it works, boy, we'll go. We'll be on the show every week. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that we've noticed on the show when we speak with jockeys, so often they talk about being not dependent because that's kind of a negative connotation, but being but leaning on their jockey's agent uh, and and having this really great relationship, and that you're so supportive of your jockeys. And is that the case with with Emma and with uh, Ryan? Absolutely. Part of this relationship has to be based on a rider has to have complete faith that you will have their back all the time. Whether they're right or wrong, you're going to be there for them, no matter what the circumstance. And it's very, very important because, you know, that builds a great relationship, trust. When you take on a new rider, like you've got two now, and I think is two the limit that you can only have right now? You could actually have three, but oh. one of them has to be an apprentice if it's three. You right. can have two journeymen only, and you could have a third if it's an apprentice. Right. But oh. that's, that, that would be hectic. Yeah. That would be a big challenge. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you go out looking for a new rider, what do you look for in that, in that jockey? You know, Larry, that would be dependent. If it's a new rider that's an up-and-coming kid that wants to learn to be a rider and he's going to serve an apprenticeship, obviously there's the physical things that they need to have. They need to have to have the right size, you know, weigh the right amount. And when you watch them, there has to be a, a certain amount of uh, fearlessness because <laughs> it is, it is a, you know, quite a, quite a sport for, yeah. I mean, these guys, they got lots of heart, boy, when riding horses. It's not an easy job. And then, you know, you have to talk to them too and just see if they have that burning in their, in their stomach, that desire to be good. I mean, those are important things for me. And if it's a journeyman, obviously the thing to look for is what surpassed uh, success rates. And, you know, I mean, there's some guys just always win races. That's what I found with Ryan. When I looked up his stats, you know, he had 10 good years in a row. So, you know, it's pretty indicative that the guy knows how to ride and that's what you want to do. The biggest key to being a successful jockey's agent is just go find a couple jockeys that can really ride. (laughs) Then Then it works. And I think you've got that in Emma Jane Wilson and Ryan Munger. So let me ask you this, when you're watching either one of them race, is your heart in your throat while they are on the on the course? 
Oh, absolutely. Every race I watch, it's just, you know, you're even from the time they start loading in the gate, you're paying attention. You know, you're just watching that everything goes the right way and, uh, you know, catch a break in the race or, you know, watch something. And after the race, you can be really pumped, go, wow, what a great move that rider made. Get that, you know, get the win for us. Yeah, it's all so, so exciting. It never gets boring. You know, it's just uh, the heart rate just pounds every time the gate opens. Well, you've been a, a trainer You've been an owner, you've been a breeder, now you're a jockey's agent. You obviously had to be a fan too, right? So uh, uh, tell me, as a fan, what was the greatest race that you ever watched and maybe the greatest horse that you ever saw a race? Well, I grew up in the era of Secretariat, and for me, undoubtedly the greatest horse I've ever seen run, and his run in the Belmont Stakes was just, I mean, how does that happen, that, that a horse could be that dominant and run that fast like he just he sprinted a mile and a half which just doesn't happen that for me was the greatest horse race that i ever saw woodbine jockey agent mike luter i can't thank you enough for joining us on ponies 24 7 the radio magazine much more to talk about so please come back on the show and uh we wish you all the success and your your riders as well well thanks Anne. thanks larry it's a pleasure After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine, the Woodbine Mohawk Park, and, of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So please make sure your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stay with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standardbred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to their Pineview dealership to view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today, as the Hyundai Advantage sales event is on now. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine. 
Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. And before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems? As Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing, I'm all ears. I'm all voice, I hope. <laughs> yes, and it's a great voice. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Woodbine has a 10-race card today, including the $125,000 Fury Stakes for three-year-old fillies. But race four is an interesting maiden optional 40000 claiming event for three-year-olds and up five and a half furlongs on the uh, tapita surface for a purse of $65,900. There's 10 horses slated to go to post, including number three, Amazon Forrester, whose first lifetime start on May 20th was not bad at all. In that race, Amazon Forrester raced wide on a day that the inside was the place to be. However, for his first lifetime start against the bias, the fourth place finish is not that bad at all. But he was actually only one and a half lengths out of second place, as despite losing by 11 and a quarter lengths, the winner was actually nine and a half lengths on top. Today we see a cutback from seven furlongs to five and a half. Amazon Forrester has worked a nice five furlong actually on the turf since that race, and trainer Zico Cromar adds blinkers. Friend of the show, jockey Ryan Munger, who is riding well right now, is back in the saddle today. So, Woodbine race four, number three, Amazon Forester. Belmont hosts a stakes-filled uh, card today, highlighted by the $1.5 million Belmont stakes for three-year-olds. It's one and a half miles on the dirt. Nine horses have been entered, and I think this race goes through number eight, Angel of Empire. Angel of Empire was actually the favorite when the horses went into the gate for the Kentucky Derby. And I really think that this guy should like the one-and-a-half-mile distance of the Belmont. In the Derby, Angel of Empire was 16th in the field at one time, but made a good seven-wide move into the stretch. Angel of Empire has six increasing buyer speed ratings. He's working well since the Derby, including two back-to-back five furlong works. And today, trainer Brad Cox adds the blinkers, which may keep Angel of Empire closer to the pace today. So Belmont race 12, the Belmont Stakes, Number eight, Angel of Empire. Santa Anita has a 10 race card today, including race four, which is the grade two Santa Margarita Stakes for fillies and mares, three-year-olds and up, a mile and an eighth on the dirt, purse of $200,000. This is where you'll find number one, Desert Dawn, who makes the all-important third start off the layoff and who two starts back was compromised by a wide trip in the grade one Beholder Stakes. Despite the wide trip, and I might add the race was also Desert Dawn's first since last September, the filly finished a good fourth. Last start, she was in the very difficult La Troyenne stakes at Churchill and another grade one, so today we see her with some class relief in a grade two stakes event, and since that last start, Desert Dawn shows three good works, including the last two at five furlongs. Santa Anita, race four, number one, Desert Dawn. Well, it's another stakes Saturday at Woodbine Mohawk Park tonight. There's 11 races set to go, and it's race 11 that I'm looking at tonight. It's a one-mile pace, a purse of $22,000. Ten horses expected to start, including the consistent campaigner, number seven, Fabrizio N. Last week, Fabrizio N left from the one hole, which forced his driver to try and move first up, and Fabrizio N failed to hit the top and faded the seventh. Tonight's seven hole should allow driver Tyler Borth to leave the gate and get some good early position. And I'm expecting another great effort from this lifetime winner of 19 races and who has been either first or second in four of his last six starts. It all comes down to post position tonight. And as mentioned, I do believe that Fabrizio N will be in the thick of things when the horses cross the finish line. Woodbine, Mohawk Park, race 11, number seven, Fabrizio N.
Larry, that was excellent as always. Thank you so much. I want to give a shout out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. Hey, Mark. And thank you and goodbye to everyone listening and joining us today for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Just a reminder, if you would like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, and a new one will be released shortly, please email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't horse around with lymphoma. For more info on this, please go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies, and please donate to the cause. Stay with us here on 105.9 The Region all weekend long, and thank you so much for listening. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson, has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.